If you're in the market for a new home, you might think that real estate agents are just for the seller. But buyers with real estate agents are smart shoppers, and the seller pays the commission. But buyers beware. Before you choose an agent, read our story. Choose agent carefully before buying a house when you hit MoneyPit.com. Just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now, 888-MONEYPIT. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. That's a very important number because we are here to provide the answers to your home improvement questions to help solve your do-it-yourself dilemmas. What are you working on? We want to know right now. What are you working on? you got to be doing something in your house. Yeah, we know it might be hot, but I'm sure you're <laughs> thinking about doing something. Maybe you want to just lower the air conditioning Oh, cost. but the heat makes me lazy. I uh, know, but it's going to get cool very soon, and you know what's going to happen after that? You're going to start paying uh, for those winter heating bills, and you know, there's things that you can do now. And you need to start getting your house ready for right. the cooler weather that's right around the corner. When it's pleasant, now's the time to do it, not when it's like zero degrees out, okay? So maybe you want to do some weather stripping or some painting or caulking or fix-up. Maybe you want to get the house ready because you're going to be trapped inside for an entire winter, so you want to like talk about remodeling the kitchen. Whatever you're working on, whatever you're doing, call us right now. We're here to help. one 888 888-666-3974. Now, if you're going to tackle some of those jobs, you might need to know about the tools to get them done. So coming up later this hour, we're going to have a great guest to talk about just that. Yeah, that's right. We've got Kevin Ireton, and he's going to tell us all about these fantastic new generation of tools that are powered by lithium-ion batteries. And it's not just hype, folks. They actually pack up to three times the voltage into a single battery cell, which means you'll have longer run times and more power. So stay with us for that great interview. You know, I was playing with one of those lithium-ion tools the other day. That's they're what so we get to light. Do. We get to play with them, and they are light. You would think that they're going to be very big and heavy, but no, they're very, very light and they're very powerful. And I like the way this technology works because the tool doesn't sort of peter out when the battery power gets really weak. It goes full steam ahead, and boom, then it's done. So you're not going to kind of... It's not just turning like... Right, exactly. You know, it just, it's really cool technology. So Kevin will tell us all about that. And you could win a great prize, because guess what? You ready for this? Talk about jobs around the house. How about a Husky pressure washer worth 170 bucks? That's going to go to one caller on today's program that reaches us at 888-MONEYPIT. 888 974. You got to give us a call and be willing to come on the air and ask your home improvement question. So, Leslie, who's first? Whammo, we've got Charlene from Pittsburgh coming up. What's going on with your pipes? Every time I turn uh, the water off, you hear this big. <laughs> you do that really well. Could you do that one more time? <laughs> ah, now I know exactly <laughs> I mean, what it is. It really rattles. It's, it's like a. If something's busted and stuff, you know? Yeah, you know, Charlene, as, <laughs> as loud and noisy and scary as that is, it has a simple answer. It's called water hammer. And the way it happens is when you turn your water faucet on, all of that water is rushing through that pipe on its way to the spigot. Then you turn it off. And the water has all the centrifugal force. It wants to keep going. And so it sort of hits a wall and bounces back. And that shakes the pipes. And that's what's called 
water hammer. There's a device called a water hammer. Hammer arrester. That's right. There's a water hammer arrester. It's like a shock absorber for your plumbing system that will uh, reduce that noise dramatically. And the other thing is if the pipes where they're rattling, if they're accessible, like they're going through the crawl space or basement or a place where you can get access to them, you can put additional brackets to support them to the frame of the house because some of that rattling is just because they're not supported well. But those two things will uh, quiet that down. And Charlene, the one thing you should know is, is don't worry about it too much because even though it sounds terrible, it almost never causes a problem with the plumbing. In a worst-case scenario, it could you know, shake something loose. But frankly, I've heard that in so rare uh, a circumstance that I wouldn't worry about it. Okay, well, listen, one more thing. Can I get this arrester at Home Depot? Yes, I'm sure you can buy a water hammer arrester at any good home improvement store, but you probably are going to need to have a plumber install it because it involves tapping into your plumbing system. Charlene, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. I love the way she mimicked that sound. <laughs> and she did it on command. Gwen in California is up next, and she finds the money pit on KSRO, and you've got a painting question. How can we help? Hello. Yes, I bought a house, and it has a seafoam green ceramic tile around the fireplace, which just doesn't work for me. And I was wondering if ceramic tile can be painted, maybe black or white or some other more appropriate color. Have you had any experience with that? It's absolutely you can paint it. It's all a matter of making sure that you get proper adhesion. And the first thing you need to do is make sure that those tiles are all really, really clean. And around the fireplace, you're probably getting a buildup of smoke and it might just have some dirt and dust on it. So try to clean that really well. And a good way to clean is with water and ammonia, a mixture of the two. And that'll get rid of any sort of dirt that might be on there. And once that's on there, once everything's really clean, make sure you rinse it well with plain water and let it dry. And then you have to make sure you prime it with something that's really going to stick really well. And a Bullseye one two three primer from Zinzer. It's an oil-based primer. It's going to stick really well to the ceramic tile, which is important because you want to make sure that that other paint sticks to it. But it's important to remember that even though you're painting with something that's going to stick well, if you sort of rub on the tile abrasively, you might scratch it off anyway. So you have to be really cautious once it's painted that you treat it carefully. You know, don't scrub it, don't scratch at it because, you know, it, it could be prone to showing damage. And then once you put the primer on, make sure you use, I think, an oil-based paint would be good because it'll give you a nice sheen and it'll stick really well. And that should do the trick. Just any oil-based uh, or just a, is there a tile oil-based paint or... Oh, yeah. I think any sort of oil-based paint that you would find. Bear makes a fantastic paint that offers excellent coverage. And just make sure you get an oil base that will really stick well because it gives you good adhesion. It gives you nice sheen. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome, Gwen. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Mark in Pennsylvania is working on the bathroom floor. What can we do for you? Uh, yes, I'm putting in laminate flooring. And I have a question. When you put in uh, the laminate flooring... Can you put uh, the toilet on top of that laminate flooring piece? It's supposed to be a floating floor, or would it be best to cut around, uh, leaving the quarter-inch gap around the base of the toilet? And that's an excellent question. If the flange for the toilet is put in properly, it should end up being about flush with the new laminate floor. And then you put the wax seal on it. You can rest the, the, the toilet right on that. And as long as you have a good seal around that uh, that drain, 
and you certainly can put it on top of, in fact, it's the best way to do it because it's going to look the neatest and give you the best seal. But the key is that flange, making sure it's flat. Now, if it happens to be down a little bit low, there is an extension piece that can bring it up flush with the floor. Excellent. All right, Mark. Okay, thank you very much, sir. You're welcome, Mark. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. And it sounds like Mark was flush with excitement <laughs> over that. And question. he chose the right flooring for the bathroom. So he all right, he's, I love he's laminate floor because it, it can look just like wood. You know, I just picked a laminate floor that looks like wood for my little dressing room off my bedroom at oh, home. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. It's really pretty. It's good stuff. Good choice, Mark. Thanks again for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Listening to us on WYLL is Diana in Chicago. Tell us what you're working on. My basement. It's flaking. And I want to find out how to remove this yellow paint that's on my wall and to stop my bricks from flaking. It's like my basement is just crumbling around me. The flaking, is that the paint peeling off the walls? Yeah. And the paint's not sticking because there's too much moisture. Yeah, you got a moisture problem here, Diana. you got to fix the moisture problem first, and everything else will go away. What you need to do is look outside your house. You've got too much moisture getting into those foundation walls. We would recommend that you look at the grading and the drainage. The soil around the house has got to slope away from the wall. The gutters have to be clean, free-flowing. Make sure they're clean. Make sure the downspouts are clean. Make sure the downspouts deposit the water three to six feet away from the house, not right up against the foundation. Look at those things. Way too much water around this house right now, and that water is wicking through the basement walls. And that's why the paint is peeling off. So what you're seeing is a symptom. Now, once you get the uh, water on the outside under control, then you can scrape that paint. You can prime the walls. You can put a uh, damp roofing paint over that and move on from there. But that's the last thing you should be doing, not the first thing you should be doing. Does that make sense, Diana? Well, it makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, But, you know, you watch your dad over the years. He, You know, he has that man syndrome. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I can fix it. I can do it. <laughs> so he's put and more paint on and more paint on and more paint right, on. Right, huh? right. So when that paint would flake off and leave a dust pile on the floor. Sweep it up and paint again. There you go. See? And my mother would see it, the finished product. And now you're going to show him that daughter knows best, Diana. Thank you. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, Money Pit listeners, are you looking for a great way to define your outdoor room? Well, why not try an area rug? What's that you say? A rug? Outside? Well, yes, that's right. But I never said it had to be an actual rug. Up next, we're going to give you tips on creating the look of a rug without having to worry about it weathering the elements. 888 Money Pit. Table saw. 18-volt drill driver. Eight-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. Oh, honey, the heat ruined my hairdo. Not the heat, it's the humidity. My scrapbook, too. These pages are soggy. Not the heat, it's the humidity. But we have central air. I turned it up so high, I'm freezing. Why do I still feel so clammy? Why does everything smell musty in this hot weather? Not the heat, it's the humidity. He's right, it's the humidity that adds the swelter to steamy summer heat. What can you do about it? Remove it with an April Air whole home dehumidifier. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. Visit AprilAir.com. 
People often seek creative inspiration when choosing paint colors for their home, and there's no better online tool than Bear from Home, which lets you coordinate, preview, and now sample paint colors from home. Go to Bear, B-E-H-R dot com, to select from over 3,700 paint colors and order samples for home delivery. For more information, visit Bear, B-E-H-R dot com. And remember, when it comes to paint, there's good, better, and bear. When you took your first steps or drove your first car, there was someone there to coach you through it. But when it's time to put a new faucet in, it's just you, a confusing set of instructions, and that nervous, gnawing feeling in your belly. That's where I come in. As the Peerless Faucet Coach, I can help you through every step of your installation, starting with the hardest part, getting the old faucet out. For a free undo-it-yourself guide, visit faucetcoach.com. Then get ready to turn your dreams into hot and cold running reality. Over the course of 50 years, you could have three children. You could buy nine cars. You could take 66 vacations. You could own seven pets. And you could need only one roof, provided you invest in a metal roof. Metal roofing is investment-grade roofing because it pays you back over time. It stands up to rain, hail, high winds, and wildfires, and is built to endure for decades. Plus, metal roofing is available in all kinds of beautiful colors and styles. To learn more about investment-grade roofing, visit MetalRoofing.com and see how, over time, a metal roof can save you enough money to pay for a lot of those vacations. In many parts of the country, a metal roof can help to reduce your home energy bills over the course of the year. It's one more reason to consider durable and beautiful investment-grade metal roofing. For details or to find a contractor in your area, log on to metalroofing.com. This portion of the Money Pit is being sponsored by Peerless. If you're putting in a new bathroom or kitchen faucet, Peerless can help you with every step, including the hardest one, getting that old faucet out. For a complete undo-it-yourself guide, visit the Peerless Faucet Coach at faucetcoach.com. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Yes, you know there is nothing that replaces a big, comfy wall-to-wall carpet, but you can't have a carpet outside, or can you? Leslie says you can. Well, I say you can, but you have to make sure you get the right things. If you're going to go with an actual rug, you can buy weatherproof rugs. They sell them at the outdoor stores. But if you want to be a little creative and have something unique that no one else will have, absolutely, why not try painting a rug in your exterior room? It works great whether on a deck or on a concrete surface, so it doesn't matter what you've got, you can still paint a rug. It's going to be an interesting decorative element that's going to stand up to the sun and the rain. So here we go. What you need to do to create an outdoor painted rug. To do this, you're going to need a good oil-based primer like Kills and some concrete floor paint. If the color choice is limited, remember you can tint concrete floor paint to any color you need. So all you need is your imagination and some color swatches and they will mix that for you. So to create the rug, you want to prime and paint on your base color and allow it to dry very well. Of course, do it on a day when the sun is shining and it hasn't rained for a while so whatever surface you're painting on is nice and dry. Now let me ask you a question. Do you have to kind of come up with this design yourself or 
Uh, is there some sort of a pr- available no. pattern or something? You can buy stencils at any sort of craft or hobby shop oh, that good. could mimic tassels, that could mimic a Turkish rug, something that even has a kiln rug feeling. Anything that you like. But when your friends come over... Do you have to tell them you use the stencils? No, you can or? say that you're wonderfully talented. And here's a tip. If you're working with stencils, make sure that you take your stencil and lay your base coat. Like say you're doing a tassel edge on this outdoor rug. Put down your base color and make it the darker color of the color tassel you're trying to create. Let that dry. Then take your same stencil and just shift it off of center just the tiniest bit over your tassels. And then go with a lighter tone of your color, something brighter. That will give whatever pattern you're creating some depth. And it'll really fool people. If you practice and you do some creative stuff, you can really trick people into thinking it's a nice rug. And it's going to stay with you all season long and you don't have to worry about it. But remember, before you paint, you must prep. And if you're going to prep, we've got a great prize to help you do that. It's the new Husky 1800 PSI electric pressure washer. It is a powerful unit that runs on 120-volt household current, and it's loaded with great features that make it easy for any homeowner to use to clean that patio before you paint the rug or to clean your sidewalks or your siding or your lawn furniture. The 1800 will make cleanup fast and easy while conserving water when compared to conventional cleaning methods. You want to win it? Call us now, one eight 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 Money Pit. Now we're talking to Brenda in Alabama who finds the Money Pit on WRJM. And you've had a wallpaper accident? Well, yes, you can say that. Um, I decided to remove some wallpaper from my kitchen. And from the design, I would assume it's been there for many, many long years. And despite my efforts to be careful, there were places where the top layer of the sheetrock would come off with the wallpaper, exposing Ooh. a grain underneath. So there That's was no good. paper liner. Because usually when you put up wallpaper, there's a liner that goes up first, and then the wallpaper goes up. I, you know, that was, it was not my wallpaper. It was a purchased home mm. that came with this uh, really <laughs> ugly wallpaper. I have an idea if I try to paint over it, it's just going to soak the paint up. Well, it may not soak the paint up. It's not that the, the wall is going to be soaked with paint, um, but what's going to happen is you're going to have a very uneven surface. You have to even that out. So what we would recommend you do is spackle over the areas, almost float those areas with drywall compound where the paper has been pulled apart, and then I think it's going to be critically important for you to prime these walls. What do you think, Leslie? It's really important to prime it because you need to set a nice surface for whatever you're going to put on top of it, whether it's paint or new wallpaper. Again, you really need to make sure that you have a good base. Otherwise, whatever you put on isn't going to stick. So go with a good primer like a Kills, and that should really do the trick. Sure. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Brenda. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Out in Rhode Island, Helder is thinking ahead of the games and thinking about fixing your furnace. Uh, you think there's going to be a cold winter right around the corners? Uh, I'm afraid of that. Uh, my question is um, about a um, furnace that heats up my home. Okay. And it's brand new, and, and it worked perfectly for the first year. And then the last five months, it's simply releasing uh, you know, water through the release valve. Okay, you mentioned a furnace, but I think what you're talking about is a boiler here. You have hot sorry, water boiler, heat. I'm sorry. Yeah, you have hot water heat. Boilers heat water, furnaces heat air. Um, And it's leaking water out of the pressure relief valve? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there's one of two possibilities. Uh, first of all, the pressure relief valve should be maybe doing exactly what it's designed to do, is letting out excess pressure. And if that's the case, you're going to need to get an HVAC contractor to figure out why it's generating so much pressure, because it shouldn't be. Okay, so the pressure relief valve is a 30 PSI valve. 30 PSI valve, yes. 
And if it's leaking water, you should. there's no reason to have any pressure that exceeds that. You should have a heck of a lot less than that. So if the boiler's building up too much pressure, something's wrong. Um, secondly, you could possibly just have a bad pressure relief valve. Now, one way to check it, but I will tell you it's risky, is to simply open that valve up and catch some of the water. Because sometimes you get some debris that gets stuck inside the valve. Uh, there's a little lever on it. But I will tell you, the reason I say it's risky is because sometimes a perfectly good valve goes bad very quickly when you, when you use, actually use the pressure relief valve once. So unless you're pretty handy and have a plumbing store open 24-7 in your neighborhood, you, know, you might not want to do that. Um, but if that's the two reasons that could be happening. I don't know why because I can't see the dials on your boiler and what's going on, but you're probably going to need to get that serviced. I would recommend you do it now, uh, you know, well before the winter because, because if you wait too long, uh, you're going to be standing in line. We're talking to Indiana now with Rob, who's thinking about an attic fan. Tell us about your house. Well, uh, we have a, uh, it's probably about a 1,400 square foot um, ranch home, and we have just put a new central air conditioning system in it a couple of years ago, and it, it works pretty well, but we're just trying to tweak things a little bit. And you're thinking an attic fan might be the right answer? Well, it, it might be. I was up in the attic, and... There is an old attic fan that was up there when we bought it, and it's an old one that had a that has a motor and a belt and all that. And I understand now they're they're much more compact. Well, Rob, let me help you before you go too far into this. You've just put in a central air system, which is fantastic. But if you were to go and kick on that attic fan right now, what it would do is it would suck all of that cooled air out of the house. You'd end up paying more in your energy bills because it would be sucking all of that air from behind switch plates and behind all these different openings in your walls, and you'd end up spending so much more money in cooling costs alone. Yeah, a much better option, Rob, would be to improve the passive ventilation. So that's things like adding a ridge vent and adding soffit vents. And you want to have an equal amount of ridge venting and soffit venting, and that works together to sort of wash that warm air and as well the moisture that forms in the in the wintertime right through that attic and out. So attic fans are a bad idea when you have central air conditioning for that very reason. If you don't have central air, we're not as concerned about it, but really they will rob a lot of cool air, which is contrary to what most people think. But really, I've seen the studies, I've seen how this is done, and it really is not a good idea. When you turn an attic fan on, you can actually feel cold air go in the outlets and in the little spaces around the lights and places like that where there's gaps that get into that space. So um, definitely not a good idea to put an attic fan in for all those reasons when you have central well, air. Well, you're correct because like, I'm one of those that just assumed that getting rid of that heat upstairs would certainly help the situation. I, I never even thought about that. So I don't I pay enough energy bills the way it is. I don't want to pay any more. Absolutely, Rob. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, all right, folks, it's a cordless revolution. That's right. State-of-the-art cordless tools are more powerful, and they allow you more time to get the job done. Up next, we're going to learn more about these cordless tools from fine home building editor Kevin Ireton. So stay with us. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit was brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, Tom, you know, tool manufacturers have put a blizzard of hype behind the newest generation of cordless tools powered by lithium-ion batteries. You've heard of them. I've heard of them. But is there any credence to their claim of a cordless revolution? Well, the experts at Fine Home Building Magazine say, yes, their claims of lightweight, longer runtime and longer lifespan are real, not just hype. It's going to make our projects quicker and easier to get done. The batteries are going to hold charges a lot longer, and it's going to really change, in many respects, the way we actually do our home improvement projects. With us to talk about that is Kevin Ireton, the editor of Fine Home Building Magazine. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Tom. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Kevin. There sure has been a lot of hype about lithium-ion. We're starting to see them become commonplace, and first it was the Pro Tools, and now it's starting to work its way down to the consumer line. Uh, are these battery-powered tools better than what's been out there in the past? Yes. But there's a big problem, Which and that is? is they're more expensive. On average, lithium-ion-powered tools are about 40% more than uh, cordless tools powered by um, nickel-based technology. Well, do you think as uh, time goes on and these become more common that the price will go down as more of the market shifts to lithium-ion technology? I'm pretty sure they will. They're saying that there's more power. How is an 18-volt NICAD different from an 18-volt lithium-ion? The truth is, and this, this is where the hype gets, gets confusing, 18 volts is 18 volts, period. And an 18 volt NICAD battery will actually run about as long as an 18 volt lithium ion battery. But what's the key difference? Is it the consistency of power delivery? Does it deliver the same level of power from full charge to being completely decharged? The real key difference is lighter weight. Oh, okay. Well, that so, makes a difference when you're holding the drill and the circle over and your hours. head. Exactly. Yeah. With, with NICAD technology, the tools topped out around 18 volts. Some companies went to 24-volt tools to try to create a tool that would run longer and, and be more powerful, but they were too heavy. The lithium-ion technology allows companies to go as high as 36 volts, Wow! but still create a tool that's lightweight enough um, for, a, for a builder or a do-it-yourselfer to want to, to want to hold the thing. Do you still have to protect them from extreme heat, extreme cold, and do they hold their power even when they're not being used, I've read that the lithium ions actually do that better than the, than the nickel batteries. That's one of the advantages of them. Uh, a nickel-based battery, if it sits on a shelf for a month, is, is going to lose a, a fair amount of its power. But a lithium ion tool that's, that sits idle for a month is going to hold its charge. As far as heat and cold, um, those are both enemies of any kind of battery. So, you know, you, you don't want to leave your batteries you know in a in a hot pickup truck or in a in a cold garage you know bring those things inside try to keep them at room temperature they're going to they're going to work better so if we're able to pack a higher voltage into these lithium ion batteries being that they're lighter weight and smaller are we able to then make previously corded tools now cordless absolutely we're seeing you know rotary hammers uh, seven and a quarter inch circular saws um, even uh, uh, impact wrenches now being made with, with cordless technology. So eventually we're going to see the guys working on the side of the road with the jackhammers powered by batteries. Battery may, may be the size of his, of his pickup truck, but, <laughs> but, it, but it could happen. Kevin Ireton, editor of Fine Home Building Magazine, thanks as always for stopping by the Money Pit. Hey, if you want more information, you can go to their website at finehomebuilding.com. Well, speaking of batteries, would you like to know the best way to care for your rechargeable batteries so that they don't, you know, peter out too early? Maybe you don't have these high-tech lithium ions and you're just trying to make the ones you have now last. We're going to give you tips for taking care of those batteries next. Money Pit!
Oh, honey, the heat ruined my hairdo. Not the heat, it's the humidity. Not my scrapbook, too. These pages are soggy. Not the heat, it's the humidity. But we have central air. I turned it up so high, I'm freezing. Why do I still feel so clammy? Why does everything smell musty in this hot weather? Not the heat, it's the humidity. He's right, it's the humidity that adds the swelter to steamy summer heat. What can you do about it? Remove it with an April Air whole home dehumidifier. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. Visit AprilAir.com. Mold is in your house. Chances are, it's breeding behind your walls. In fact, it's been estimated that 70% of all homes could have mold in their wall cavities, particularly when moisture is present. Fortunately, there's an ingenious new way to fight the problem. You see, until now, drywall had paper on both sides, and mold eats paper. Which is why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor has glass mat facings on both sides, and no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you are building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools, and you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. Energy drives our nation's economy and is an important part of our daily lives. By taking steps to become more energy efficient, we can all save money and help reduce our nation's overall energy demand. I'm Energy Secretary Sam Bodman, encouraging you to use Energy Star products and appliances such as dishwashers, washing machines, and thermostats. They can reduce your energy bills by up to 30%. Replacing your existing light bulbs with Energy Star qualified fluorescent lights in the lamps and fixtures throughout your home will save up to 50% on lighting costs. By installing Energy Star storm windows and double pane windows, you can reduce energy loss in your home by 25 to 50%. You have the power to make a difference. By using Energy Star products, you can reduce your home energy bills and help our nation reduce its energy use. More information on Energy Star products and savings can be found at www.energysavers.gov or call toll-free 1-877-337-3463. This powerful savings message is provided by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Alliance to Save Energy. This portion of the Money Pit was brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is one 888 888-666-3974. The Money Pit, where a leather tool belt is considered high fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a call right now with your home improvement questions. We're That's here. That's why to... you're always in style, Tom. That's right. That's right. You know, I'm. I was thinking of suggesting that Armani come up with a leather tool belt. 
I'll tell my husband and we'll get you, right on you that. You do that. You do that. You get. You guys get right on that. For those of you that don't know, Leslie's husband is a stylist for Armani, and he probably in a position to recommend that. Although it might get him fired, so maybe. He shouldn't. Hey, we were talking about uh, cordless tools. Here's some tips for caring for those rechargeable batteries. First of all, don't run the cordless tool until it's dead. I know you want to. I know you don't want to go back to the charger. I want to get every last inch of power out of it. Yeah, exactly. No, you shouldn't do that. Because it's bad. You can reverse polarity in some of the cells within the battery, making them unchargeable and unusable. You can actually ruin them by running them completely Great. out. Great. So, One more thing to worry about. As soon as they start to slow down a bit, throw them in the charger. All right. And make sure you also avoid extreme temperatures when you store your batteries. They should be kept above freezing and below 100 degrees. So don't keep them out in your workshop or your work shed in the middle of winter. And when you're returning your neighbor's tool, don't leave it locked in your car in the heat of the summer sun. Yeah, good point. You usually want to recharge those batteries between around 40 and 100 degrees because during the charging, there's a chemical reaction that's taking place. If it's too hot or it's too cold, that reaction is just not going to react. It won't do its thing. Hey, in our next Money Pit E newsletter, we're going to have some more tips for you, including how to protect those batteries and charger while you're working. There's often a lot of dust and dirt around during a DIY project that can spell trouble if you're not careful. So we'll give you some tips to working through that. Sign up for our free E newsletter now at MoneyPit.com and look for rechargeable battery care tips in our next issue. We've got another free item up for grabs this hour. It's a fantastic prize from Husky. It's the 1800 PSI electric pressure washer. It's a powerful unit that runs at 120 volt household current and it's loaded with great features that make it easy for any homeowner to use from patios and sidewalks to cleaning siding and lawn furniture the 1800 unit will make cleanup fast and easy while conserving water when compared to conventional cleaning methods so it's a great prize up for grabs for one lucky caller this hour so phone in your home improvement or home repair question right now 1-888-MONEYPIT this prize is $169 value call us right now you must be willing to come on the air and ask your home improvement question just like our next caller. We're going over to the East Coast in Connecticut where Lisa's got a problem with the toilet. Hopefully we can help. Tell us what's going on. What happened was we bought a house that had been sitting around for a while. Okay. Uh, the builder had um, renovated it to be able to put it on the market. So it's a toilet that hadn't been flushed for a while. And I think where the water comes into the toilet may have been leaking a little bit in and leaving uh, three green streak mark on the bowl itself on the inside this is inside the bowl of the toilet tried using bleach products to with a toilet cleaner bleach is actually really bad for the toilets yeah because it affects all the valves it makes them leak and crack and stuff like that have you tried a product called clr calcium lime rust no never heard of it Oh, it's been around forever. It's great, especially if you get um, like a lime buildup around your shower head. You can fill a dish with it and just soak it right up into your shower head, and that shower head will operate like new. It stands for calcium, lime, and rust. Yeah, it takes all, all these bad things that cause the stains in their porcelain fixtures out. It's really good stuff. You ought to give that a shot. That'll work. Okay, Lisa, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 money pit Matt in Alabama has an electrical question. How can we help? I purchased a new home, and I had a reputable nationwide home inspection company uh, do an inspection on the new home. I thought that was a very a good idea for me to find some things. He pointed out a few things, and then he uh, left the premises with his report. And I went up in the attic not knowing what to uh, look for, and I noted an electrical junction box that was blue that wasn't fastened to anything, but a lot of wires were going into it with black electrical tape, but yet... No cover was on it, and it was exposed. What am I to do with that problem? 
Well, if it's if the junction box is open like that, there ought to be a cover on it and ought to be secured. Um, we don't want to have it where it's going to be disturbed by anything. An open junction box could be a fairly minor electrical repair. Have you closed on the house yet? Yes, I did. I moved in, and I've, uh, I've been in uh, the home for six months. Okay. Well, it should be a standard electrical box. You could simply go pick up a cover for it. It's not a major issue, but it's something you ought to tend to. Great. Thank you so much for your help. I love your show. Oh, Enjoy your welcome. new house. Yeah, All right. Matt, call us again. 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Dorothy in Nebraska finds the Money Pit on KFOR, and you've got a noisy toilet. What's happening? We have more than one bathroom in the house, but only one toilet makes a noise when it refills. Okay. That's probably the fill valve, Dorothy. And um, inside the toilet, there are two valves. There's a fill valve and a flush valve. The flush valve is like the flapper that's usually in the bottom of the tank, and the fill valve is the other part that's connected to the float. Now, the good news is that you could replace both of those valves for a grand total of about 15 bucks. There is different replacement parts that are out there. Probably the most common one is made by Fluid Master. It fits the widest variety of toilets you know, available at any home center or hardware store in America. And Fluid Master also has a video on their website that gives you step-by-step instructions on how to do it. But it's it's very simple to do, and it's, it actually is a do-it-yourself plumbing project. But if you're hearing that kind of noise on the fill, it's probably the fill valve that's wearing out and making that, that loud, screechy noise. Okay, Dorothy? Right. So it is. they, they do have uh, an Internet. Uh, fluid master, go to Fluid Master on the Internet. That's right, Dorothy. Go to fluidmaster.com. You can get information there, and you'll, you'll find these valves in, in almost every hardware store in America. They come in a green box. Put a, put a bunch of them in myself over the years. Dorothy, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You know, Tom, what's so interesting is that you're supposed to do these maintenance steps almost annually to your toilets, and people just ignore the toilet and hope to God that it's going to work every time until it does fail. So there's some upkeep that's involved. Yeah, total a toilet makeover is not that <laughs> difficult. You know, it involves about 15 bucks of parts, and, and again, it's easy to do. The only place that you can get a little tricky is, is the water valve. If you can turn the water valve and it all goes off to your toilet, cool. If you can't turn the water valve off because it's a bad valve or it sticks in the open position, don't do it and call a plumber. But if you can shut that water valve off, it's easy to replace all the guts inside the toilet. Chuck in Tennessee is next, and you're thinking about replacing a gas water heater, but you're just not sure, so hopefully we can help you figure it out. What's on your mind? Uh, our house is approximately 15 years old when we bought it, and the, the owner said that the water heater, gas water heater in it is, a, is the original, and the only thing they've ever done is replace the thermocoupling, and he was told that you know, that's all you really ever have to do to, to a gas water heater. And it works fine and everything, but I just wanted to, uh, energy-wise, is it advantageous to replace that water heater? How old did you say it was, Chuck? About, uh, see, 87, so it's what? Uh, almost 20 years. years yeah. Um, I would say, Chuck, with a water heater that's almost 20 years old, it's at least five years past a normal life expectancy. A gas water heater is going to last you 10 to 15 years, uh, and then it's typically going to leak. Now, yours is beyond that. I have seen them last you know, 15 to 20 years. Uh, but in this particular case, I wouldn't chance it. It's not an expensive thing to replace. For a few hundred dollars, you can get a new one. Uh, are they more efficient? 
Some are, some aren't. Now, if you switched to a uh, tankless water heater, you'll pick up some additional efficiency substantially, but it'll be more expensive to install. But I think if your water heater is near 20 years old, you're kind of living on borrowed time, if you know what I mean with this thing, Chuck. So I think you ought to replace it. Chuck, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, folks, once long, long ago in a time called the 70s, popcorn ceilings were very, very hip. To match your uh, love beads and your peace signs, <laughs> your, bell and your bell bottoms, bottoms your and clogs, your, your fringy vests and stuff like that. Well, while many <laughs> of those things, Tom, have indeed come back, popcorn ceiling has never gone away and people still dislike it. Coming up next, tips on how to get rid of yours. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Dense Armor Plus, the revolutionary paperless drywall from Georgia Pacific. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. If you like to fix stuff that's not broken, you're one of us. Welcome to the program. Well, you can call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Or you can log on to our website at moneypit.com and click on Ask Tom and Leslie, just like Ron did from Florida, who has the never desirable but very <laughs> popular popcorn ceiling question. And it seems like, you know, no matter where you go in Florida, these popcorn ceilings are everywhere. That's why Ron writes, I have a popcorn textured ceiling and would like to replace the texture with knockdown. The previous owners painted the popcorn so I cannot soak the popcorn to easily scrape it off. What is the easiest way to rid my ceiling of painted popcorn? Move. <laughs> Hang new drywall. What do you think it means by knockdown? Uh, maybe flat? Knockdown yeah, the texture? Well, well, and you know, it's funny you say knockdown, Ron, because that's kind of what you got to do. Kind of. Now, for those of you that don't have painted ceilings, and for Ron that does, really the only way that we've ever found to get popcorn ceilings down is to soak it. Um, if it's painted, Ron, it's going to be a little harder. Let's hope they didn't do it with like a semi-gloss, which but I, I can't have imagine. Seen, I have seen for Ron in Florida, especially in Florida, a lot of people have these textured ceilings, and they paint them, and they paint them, and they paint them. And because the air is so humid, right. eventually these things just get so soaked from within that if you go to put another coat of paint on, it comes right off. You might want to yeah. give that a shot. I'm thinking it's going to come off. And you're going to have to soak it and scrape it off with, um, we usually recommend spackle knives, like four to six inch spackle knives, because they're stiff and they do a good job of sliding across the drywall surface. Um, the trick here is to get it wet, scrape it off. But when you're done, what you have to do is paint the ceiling with a primer. You can't just go on top of it or the new paint's going to not look so hot and it probably won't stick. So make sure you prime the entire surface. Very, very critical that you prime it. And the other thing I would recommend recommend and Leslie you tell me what you think but I don't think you should use anything with a sheen whatsoever not at all anything with a sheen really highlights any imperfections in the wall or ceiling surface Which so there if will there's, be plenty of yeah there's going to be tons so if there's any unevenness in texture or dips and divots it's really going to highlight if you put anything even a semi-gloss on it so go with flat well it's been a hot stormy summer in some parts of the country and that means lightning and other types of electrical storms you want some tips on how to stay safe that is the topic of today's edition of Leslie's last word. And I hear that she knows a lot about this because she was actually struck by lightning once. Yeah. Tip number two is very important. And make sure you follow it. Unlike I did as a teenager. <laughs> well, why don't we start with tip number All two? Right. Well, tip number two, do not talk on a hardwired telephone, especially while sitting on a metal radiator cover and looking out the window <laughs> at purple electricity and lightning. you know this because? I know this because when I was in high school, I absolutely got struck by lightning through the phone line and oh, it hurt and it burned my butt and my ear and my wrist 
and my hair and I passed out. It was bad news. Thank goodness I'm okay. But to this day, <laughs> if I see thunder and lightning coming in a storm, I am a nervous wreck and I'm hiding in the basement. Most homeowners from any show I've worked on while you're out, especially in like Kansas or Illinois during tornado season, right. when I see a storm coming, I'm like, can I, can I move my work area to the basement? They're like, it's fine. You'll know when it's going to be a tornado. I'm like, I'm going to hide in the corner. So catch me there. All right, folks. So before you start running to the basement, keep these other things in mind. Don't shower or bathe during an electrical storm because currents from lightning strikes can travel through your water pipes. It is true. Unplug your air conditioners and any other major appliances to protect them from getting struck by lightning. Make sure you stay away from major appliances, telephone poles, and power lines. And consider getting a surge protector for major appliances in your home, especially your computer or any high-end stereo equipment you might have. Any surge in electricity could really damage those components. So take care of your house, take care of yourself, and please, as pretty as that purple lightning is, don't watch it. Great tips. You know, by next year, almost half of all American homeowners are expected to take a room outside. But how do you move your kitchen outside? How do you move your living room outside? How do you move your dining room outside? Well, coming up next week, we're going to talk to an outdoor living expert with some tips on how to add value to an outdoor space by making it usable all year long. That's it for this hour of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.